The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed with host and author of the award-winning book of the same name, Lisa Lutan. Lisa has amazing tips to help you slow down, get healthy, manage your time, improve your relationships, and deal with stress. Now, here is Lisa Lutan. Hey everyone, it's Lisa. Welcome to my show where I get to introduce you to my favorite health and wellness rock stars. As a health and lifestyle coach and a person who talks and writes incessantly about sugar, I love hearing what other experts have to say on this topic. I also love helping women discover what they're truly hungry for, which as you know by now is often nothing to do with food. That is why I am so jazzed for my two guests today. My first guest is Alex Jameson, and we're going to talk about how play and pleasure can help us curb our sugar sugar cravings. Alex is a holistic weight loss, nutrition, and lifestyle coach, detox expert, professional chef, and cravings whisperer. We're going to have to find out what that means. She's been seen on Oprah, Martha Stewart, CNN, Fox News, People Magazine, you name it, she's been there. And she played a huge role in the Oscar-nominated documentary, Super Size Me. In her book, Women, Food, and Desire, which I loved, Alex explored women's cravings for food, sleep, sex, movement, companionship, inspiration, everything else, and teaches us to listen to our bodies for a healthier, fuller life. We are so lucky to have her with us today. Alex, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lisa. So good to be here. So great to have you. Alex, I start every guest with my Lisa's Ask Every Guest five questions. So what did you have for breakfast today? Oh, my gosh. I took my husband out to breakfast because my son was away. And we go to our favorite little deli in the neighborhood. I live in Brooklyn. But I get my breakfast sandwich without any bread. (laughs) So they give me an egg and bacon on a bed of arugula. It's basically a breakfast salad. I love that. Did you put avocado in there too? You know what? They don't do avocado there, but I had some last mm-hmm. night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you spend the first hour of your day? Ooh, I get up and immediately let the cat out <laughs> because she's the one who woke me up. Then I do a little yoga, a little meditation, drink some tea. So I really, I like to be the first one up and do a little me time. What do you do for fun? Now, I know we're going to talk about this a lot, but this is one of the standard questions. (laughs) What do you do for fun? Well, lately, honestly, I'm totally obsessed with my rooftop garden. I have about 30 pots of edible flowers and herbs and lettuces that I'm growing. And I can't wait. Every morning I wake up, I do my little thing, and then I run upstairs to see what's going on. What's the one thing you do every day that has a huge impact on your life? Oh, you know what? Almost every day, um, I listen to music with my husband and my son while we're making breakfast. 
And we talk a lot about music and my kid is really interested in performing and singing. So it's just, it's a really joyful experience to share with him music that I loved growing up with. We dance around the house a little bit. We're kind of goofballs like that. So that, that kind of thing just really lights me up. And who inspires you? Oh my gosh. You know, my my clients and my best girlfriends, the the women in my life that I get to support and witness them transform and the work that they're doing in the world, they just they blow my mind. They're they're so strong, they're so giving, and they're so brilliant. So the women in my life are just amazing. I love so much when I hear women supporting other women. I just have to say that. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing because it doesn't always happen. Yeah. So let's jump in and talk about cravings because I know this is a huge topic for so many people. And, you know, I, why do we even get cravings in the first place? <laughs> well, listen, we are built to crave. You know, we are desirous creatures, We have desires because if we didn't have desires and cravings, we wouldn't do anything and we wouldn't thrive and survive. You know, the first taste preference that babies are born with, the only preference they're born with is a a likeness for sweet. Baby likes sweet. And that's because mother's milk is sweet. So our brains are programmed to like sweet and sugar because that means that we will want to be fed. And that means we will connect with our mothers, making sure that we're bonded to her, making sure that we're protected and grow and thrive, and that we feed enough so that we grow and become healthy humans. So it's really built into our DNA. And in addition to our desire for sweetness, which totally evolves depending on your family and your culture, your, your flavor profile that you enjoy really evolves from there. But we have sensual and sexual desires because that's what makes the human species grow, you know? So it's built into us to want things. And it gets a little complicated because our culture has evolved in such a way that unfortunately sugar as you know is super cheap it's everywhere and it's totally acceptable to have it for breakfast lunch and dinner it's in everything so we're craving sugar we're craving life and i love how you just kind of intertwined i have like 50 questions off of that question but let's go down this path of so i know you talk a lot in your book about how we're craving sugar instead of those other things you know that connection that love that sex that intimacy that fun let's just jump right there because there's so much in that like what's going on with that why are we doing that and why are we using the sugar as a substitute okay perfect so in my book women food and desire i talk about the four root causes of cravings and let's start with the super sciencey stuff first we gotta start with the gut microbiome right we are as much bacterial and yeast as we are human We have as many bacterial cells in our body as we do human cells. And we have this amazing symbiotic relationship with them. We need them. They take up a lot of space in our gut. They live throughout our body. They actually communicate with our brains via our nervous system. So the bacteria in your body are really powerful. They're totally part of your desires and your cravings. And guess what? Some of them 
are sugar cravers. Some of them live off the sugar that you eat. And when we get imbalances in our bacteria and the the quote-unquote bad bacteria or yeasts overgrow, like candida, you've probably heard of, a lot of people have heard of candida, that for women usually turns into a yeast infection, but it doesn't always show up as a vaginal yeast infection. It can show up as headaches, skin outbreaks, brain fog, etc. Those candida yeast, they crave sugar. And when you have been on uh, antibiotics several times in your life, when you've been under a lot of stress, when you eat a highly refined diet, even when you've taken a, a lot of prescription medications, even hormonal birth control can tip the scales, growing those yeasts. So those yeasts start to take over and it's like I call them the beast within or the puppet master. These bacteria and yeast actually start to drive you to sugar to feed them. So you have to look at your other symptoms. Like, am I exhibiting candida yeast overgrowth? Does it look like I have unbalanced bacteria in my body? That might be an absolute root cause of your sugar cravings. So you got to get that one down first. And then there's all the nutritional cravings that we have. That can be anything from your body knowing that you need more magnesium in your body, your body actually knows it's not performing well because it's not getting the magnesium it needs. So it will crave the number one source of magnesium in most of our diets. Do you know what that is, Lisa, especially for ladies? What? It's chocolate. (laughs) I didn't know chocolate was the number one source of magnesium. Well, it's our favorite source of magnesium. Okay, our favorite. I was like, whoa, how did I not know that? It's actually a decent magnesium source. So you not only, in addition to the sugar and the theobromine, which is like caffeine, your body also gets this hit of magnesium, which it it, it knows it needs. So between those two bacterial and nutritional cravings, and and I give out a huge list of like four pages of all the nutritional craving swaps that people can get. Because honestly, you know, things like hemp seeds, chia seeds, um, sea vegetables, they actually have better, are better sources of magnesium and other nutrients we're missing, but we don't know to include them will actually help us with those sugar and chocolate cravings. I want to come back to that chocolate thing after. Keep talking about your third and fourth, but I definitely have some questions (laughs) because I know a lot of people have questions about chocolate. But let's hear the third and fourth first. Great. So this, these two areas, the bacterial and the nutritional, is usually where most diets stop. They tell you what to eat and what not to eat. But there's two other root sources of cravings that get pushed into the realm of just emotional eating, which is really unfortunate because we are multifaceted creatures. Every human has a combination of these things. So we have emotional cravings, right? We get sad. We get anxious. We get lonely. We feel depressed or angry. And our body feels this static It feels uncomfortable. It feels even painful when we're experiencing those emotions. And so the body in her wisdom, and she's really a um, a short-term kind of problem solver, your body. She's like, oh, you feel bad? Let's get you something to eat right now. And one of of my favorite uh, examples of emotional cravings is 
anger snacking. <laughs> and mm, crunchy, crunchy. Exactly. Anger snackers will go for the potato chips, the handfuls of nuts, because it's so satisfying to destroy something with your teeth that's crunchy and hard, you know, because you can't tell your boss off. Or you don't want to pick a fight with your partner. So instead, you take it out on the food. So that's an example of those emotional sources of cravings. And then there's the physical cravings. You know, we are animals as much as we are human. And that means that we need to be touched. We need to play. We need sensual pleasure in our life. There's so many incredible examples some studies uh, showing that that babies that don't get enough touch and enough holding and cuddling, they don't thrive as well. You know, there's some scientists that say we need six to eight hugs a day of at least six seconds in duration of peace. That means you need at least 36 seconds of hugging every day as a bare minimum for your physical needs. I remember my daughter came home from school once and said, we're supposed to have 12 hugs a day. And I was like, yes. That's so great. That's so great. But we don't get that. We don't get that. And, you know, there's really great examples. Um, Kangaroo care has come into hospitals now. And, you know, preemie babies are now taken out of isolation and they're put naked skin to skin on their parents' chest. And that kangaroo care, they hear the heartbeat, they feel the skin, those babies thrive, put on weight faster, develop better. So we know that this works with kids, right? We know when your child is upset, you hold them, you hug them, you, you, you know, you touch their arm, you give them a pat on the back, you're sweet with them. But we don't give ourselves that same soothing physical touch that we need. We need to start asking for more of that. And then there's the sensual, the physical pleasure. And I know that that's a big topic that we're going to dive into in a minute. So I want to wait for that. Yeah, me too. And since we only have a couple of minutes for break, I'm going to hold that one till after. But I have this quick question about chocolate. Because, you know, do you think it's an addictive thing? Or do you think it's something that we can actually add into our life in moderation? Well, Let's look, let's look at, the, at the word addiction. I have met only one seriously addicted chocoholic where he was consuming bars and bars of chocolate every day and it was actually um, negatively impacting his life. You know, a, an addiction is something that gets in the way of your life. It gets in the way of your relationships. You know, you're consuming so, you're so obsessed with it that it derails your well-being. So, you know, I I like to be careful with that word addiction, but we call ourselves chocoholics, right? And most of us have it and we feel a little better. Well, here's what I want you to do. Everyone who loves chocolate, I want you to eat it, but I want you to do two things. I want you to pick the best quality chocolate you can, a nice dark chocolate, and I don't want you to rush and eat it in the car or while you're walking down the hall or texting. I want you to sit down with that piece of chocolate and really be with it. Really enjoy it. Make each bite last at least 30 seconds. Like let it melt in your mouth. You know, I like to say that we think about food all the time, but we never take the time to really eat So give yourself the experience of it and you will find yourself eating a lot less of it. 
It just sounds so delicious the way you're describing it. Slow <laughs> and, and, and delicious and hopefully really super dark. I'm like a fan of like 88 or 95% personally myself. But whatever it is, uh, I love that advice. Um, we are going to be going to break. I'm having a great chat with Alex Jamison here about sugar cravings. We're going to be talking about so many things that we're really hungry for. So please stay tuned and we will be back shortly. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you a busy, stressed, and hungry go-getter who knows what to do to get healthier but has trouble doing it? The problem with popular diets is that they were designed for other people, not you. Sure, they might work for the short term, but for the longer term results, you need a plan designed specifically for your unique body and lifestyle. How about the stress in your life? Do you ever stop and take a deep breath? Do you know what all this stress is doing to your health? Healthy living strategist and author of Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed, Lisa Lutan will get you on your way with coaching, online courses and challenges, and even retreats. You will learn tips and strategies to help you calm down, get healthy, and make you feel and look better than ever. For a limited time, Lisa Lutan is offering a free 15-minute breakthrough session to help you get started feeling better right away. Just visit HealthyHappyAndHip.com to get your free 15-minute breakthrough strategy session. That's Healthy, Happy, and Hip. Yes, you heard it right. HealthyHappyAndHip.com and enter your info in the contact page. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. Feel like sending an email instead? Send it to Lisa at HealthyHappyAndHip.com. Now, back to Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. Here again is Lisa Lutan. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I'm having such a great talk with Alex Jameson, and we're going to be talking more about how play and pleasure can help us curb our sugar cravings. Let's jump into that, Alex. How? How should we be playing and how can we use pleasure more? And I think this is so important to really (laughs) get into first. Well, look, this last craving that we spoke about, our physical cravings, people are like, I don't know how to do that. How do I make my physical body feel better so that I just naturally enjoy living in my body? Well, I discovered that play is the way. Play is totally the way. Now, you know, people look at me, women, you know, in their 30s, 40s, 50s, they're like, I don't, I don't know what to do. What are you talking about? Well, first, I want to go back to when you were like 10, or nine, what did you love to do when you were a kid? When you felt free in your body, that's the, the feeling and the experience that we're going for. Because we are so in this mode, us women especially, of beating the tar out of ourselves in order to get happy and get healthy, right? We work mm-hmm. out super hard or we deprive ourselves, we're counting every calorie, 
we're taking all the fun out of being alive in that way. So I see play and being more playful as a way to really experience yourself as having fun. And it kills me when I see another new diet come out that's all about restriction. But you can't take away the dopamine foods, right? The, the You know, you got to take away sugar. You got to take away uh, dairy for a lot of people. But you can't take all the fun stuff away without adding in stuff that's going to boost your dopamine, right? We have to do mm-hmm. dopamine boosting activities regularly so that sugar and dairy aren't our only sources of fun. So I have a lot of toys at my house that really make me happy. I have, like? <laughs> I have hot pink suede roller skates. And Ooh. here in Brooklyn, every Friday, it just started again. In the summers, they have adult-only skate. You know, just like when we were kids, great music. And I love to go roller skating with my girlfriends. It makes me so happy. Um, I have a mini trampoline up in the garden. I love to put on the music in the morning, like I said, dancing around the living room and the kitchen with my kid and my husband. It's just, it's that goofy kind of fun that you, you feel alive. You feel happy in your body. You have the experience of being joyful. I love that you're giving these examples because, you know, many women who have spent years, you know, whether it's taking care of raising kids or working or, you know, just making it through the day, they get to a point where they go, I don't even remember what fun is. I don't, it's yeah. not like going out to clubs and in, in my stilettos and staying out till four in the morning. Like I need to redefine fun. And I think that we think it's so complicated, but the things that you're saying are just so simply, beautifully wonderful. And you can't help but smile like when you're describing them. Like I can't wait to see those pink roller skates. Oh, they're my favorite babies. I love them. Um, I just bought myself a new bicycle as well and a brand new bike helmet. And it's red with white polka dots on it. I love Love, love, love putting on my helmet and going for a ride. Last night, my son forgot something. He's staying at his dad's house. And it's about, you know, in the car, it would be a 10, 15-minute drive or like a 20, 25-minute walk. Well, I said, you know what? I'm going to... I'm going to get on my bike and I'm going to ride through the neighborhood over there. And that bike ride, getting on a bike for me, I feel like I'm 12 again. I just feel that freedom and that ease of movement. So anything that gets you back into that space of when you were a kid in the summer, right? Feeling free in your body. That's what we're going for here. It might be gardening. It might be a nature walk with your dog. It might be going dancing. It might be going and singing. It might be going to see live music more regularly. There's so many things that you can do. This playful ingredient, we've got to include it. I love in one of your interviews, you mentioned a bad art party. Yes. Uh, Can you talk about that? I love that. So I hosted about six other women to my house one Sunday 
and they brought over all of their random crafting material. You know, you have like yarns and paints and glue guns. and We just brought over all the stuff that we had. We put it in a big pile in the middle of the kitchen table, and we just sat around and made random art projects. This was not a class like, oh, you're going to learn how to paint a landscape, or you're going to learn a new skill. No, I was gluing stuff together with a glue gun and then spray painting it gold. There was no point to this at all. It was just like sitting around with your girlfriends and chatting and being creative. We weren't drinking wine. I, I always tell women, look, we have to think out of the wine box. We've got to think about having fun with our girlfriends. It doesn't involve alcohol. That's too easy and it's not the healthiest way to go about it. So we, we had tea and we made stupid art and it was so fun. It is so, so awesome. I actually shared that with a group like that after I heard it. I just thought that was the best idea. I'm going to have to try that. But let's talk about sex because, well, let me backtrack. Do you think that women think about sex, think about food the way that men think about sex? You know, that's a really good question. Um, Yes and no. Look, we are all pleasure-seeking machines. The brain is wired for hits of dopamine because the usual stuff that gave us dopamine in our brains was the stuff that kept us alive or helped us procreate. But now we live in a very different culture. And honestly, from a very young age, most women absorb the idea from our culture that sex is dangerous, that our bodies are not to be trusted, or that the culture around us looks at us in a dangerous sexual way, or that women are going to judge us for our sexual nature. So being a woman in our bodies growing up here in the Western hemisphere, sex feels dangerous. But we're still pleasure-seeking machines, so food becomes our safe sex. So think about that for a minute. Like sex feels really complicated and it feels scary and we're worried about being judged and we're worried about getting hurt. But food is also pleasurable. It's 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 the only way that us most of us women are experiencing physical pleasure on a regular basis. So it really makes it challenging for us um, to start to explore a a healthier sexual lifestyle, really owning our sexuality, experimenting, exploring, because there's so much judgment and because there's so much perceived danger around it. And food is just the easiest thing. So a, a lot of us haven't even brought our attention to the fact that sex is very complicated and dangerous. And you know what, food's just way easier. Totally. So how do we start shifting, shifting towards more sensuality, more fun, more everything so that we're not using food in that way? Well, I am really a huge proponent of self-pleasure. Now, most of us know this as masturbation, but the word masturbation comes with a lot of negative baggage. And the, the root of the word masturbation means self-defilement. And religion has made masturbation extremely sinful for us when, in fact, it's incredibly natural and it's normal. Most people do it at least once. And I really encourage women to start a 
private self-pleasure practice. It does a lot of things for us hormonally. It balances our hormones. We get a boost of endorphins. We get a great boost of dopamine. So we actually feel calm and centered and good in ourselves, even if we don't reach climax. It also helps us know our own bodies better. And I, I just hosted a panel called Sex 101 for Parents a couple weeks ago asking these different sex experts and my own son's school's um, sex ed teacher, how can we, you know, provide a healthy environment for kids who are curious? And one of the women said, look, almost every kid is going to touch themselves. If we freak out about it, they're just going to immediately have body shame and it's going to start a secretive, tumultuous relationship with it. If we can be a little more honest with them that, you know what, your body is yours. And what if we taught girls that masturbation is even a thing? Most of us didn't learn that it was even possible for girls to masturbate when we were growing up, right? What if we taught our girls, listen, sweetheart, this is, you know, I, I noticed you touching yourself. This is something you do in private. It's totally okay for you to explore this. And what if we taught them as they grew older, you need to learn your body before you get with somebody else. How powerful would that be for young women to say, oh, I know what I like. I know how I like to be touched. We then have dominion over our own bodies. We feel empowered to say what we want and what we don't want. We create boundaries. It would be a totally different world if we did that. And then maybe we wouldn't be eating so much chocolate. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, though, right? I mean, I think that's such a beautiful point that we are reaching for the things to fulfill the needs that we're not getting met. And I think that's such a beautiful way of talking about it and just addressing it that our sensuality is suffering and we are filling that need. And I think that, I mean, do you work with women in this in your groups? I do, absolutely. I, I Even talking about self-pleasure and sex when it comes to women and weight and food, it's such a taboo subject. A lot of women have never even talked about it with, with somebody outside their immediate circle or talked about self-pleasure. So it's such an eye-opening experience for women to connect these things and their health and body. I totally agree. I mean, I find that anytime in my groups that people talk, and we, we haven't really gotten into sex so much, but other very personal areas, just connecting and sharing with other women is so such a relief. It's so nourishing. And it's just so, like, I leave literally feeling full, you know, like that mm-hmm. feeling like I just had a good meal when people are really connecting and sharing. So I love that. I think that is so, so beautiful. And is that, you know, you talk about adding more dopamine into our life. Is that the best way? Are there other ways, you know, that we can be adding this dopamine in? Well, pleasure, physical pleasure is wonderful. Play is wonderful. Um, you know, I'm a, also a big positive psychology nerd. I, I include a lot of positive psychology tools into my food programs. And one of the things that I love that's a strength you know there's a lot of strengths that we all have whether it's leadership humor is a strength gratitude is a strength but one of my favorite strengths is savoring now you noticed it when I started talking about chocolate 
Savoring Mm. is like rolling a moment around in your mind like you were savoring a piece of chocolate in your mouth. Savoring is really like a full body experience of the moment. So let's say you're, you know, you're outside and the sun is going down and you and your partner are like emptying the groceries from the car. What if you just stood there and said, oh my gosh, look at that sunset. And you hugged them and you looked at the sunset together cheek to cheek and you just experienced and savored that moment, feeling them, seeing the moment, using all of your senses, smelling the air, listening to the crickets. That's savoring. That is like a rich dopamine producing habit. So I really encourage people to try using all their senses in the moment. It's like a mindfulness practice, but mindfulness to me, the word is such a blah word. So savoring is mm, way more yummy. Totally. I was going to say it's like a mindfulness moment on steroids, what you just described. (laughs) Yeah. Like I literally was going like, ah, that sounds so delicious and nourishing. And, And that's what we're going for, right? We're just adding these moments into our day, into our life. And that's what we're hungry for, right? That's what we need more of, Mm -hmm. the deliciousness and not not food. I love Yes, 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 yes. So if we were going to give some like, you know, just tips to get somebody going on kind of shifting away from this dependence on sugar and moving more into this sensual, delicious, savoring way, what would you say? Like, how should they start? So I want you to pick one time of day to include savoring. And you can even do it now as you're listening. Like, where are you right now? But... I would say pick a meal, like use savoring to really enjoy your next meal. And that means, it's so funny, people make fun of me for this all the time. I, when I get a plate of food, either something I've made or at a restaurant, like I put my face down in it to smell it. Cause I just want to like, I just want to inhale the aromas and I really want to, Ooh, how does it smell? Well, that's a huge part of flavor is the aroma of food. So smell the food and really look at the colors and like feel yourself in the chair and look around at the table. Have you, you know, have you made a nice tablescape with candles? Like we have candles at breakfast. We have candles at every meal in our house. Make you it really special. have candles at breakfast? That's we so do. Cool. It's my son's job. He is the candle lighter and he knows where everything is to set them up. Um, it's just, it brings your presence to the meal. It, it really does help you savor and be there for it. So, so try that. Candles with breakfast, smell your food, bring your attention to your eating. That is so lacking in our experience of food. Again, I'll say it again because it's so important. We think about food all the time. We obsess about food in our bodies, but we rarely take the time to really eat. So do that for yourself. Alex, I am just savoring every moment talking to you. I just love this. Mm-hmm. But we, I need you to let people know how to reach you and how to learn more about your book and your fabulous programs. 
Well, listen, my favorite social meds place to hang out is Instagram. So they can hang out with me there at Delicious Alex. Um, but if you go to my website, alexandrajameson.com, there's some must haves there, a bunch of freebie downloads, a great ebook I created to help you stop doing stuff that you hate, which is really helpful. <laughs> you can go check out that free ebook at alexandrajameson.com. Alex, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today. Honestly, I feel like I could have kept talking to you all day long. So I am so, so appreciative. And I know our listeners are too. Thank you for having me. This was great. Great. Well, have a wonderful day. After the break, we will be talking to Natalie Betros about if you are what you eat, why should I eat a skinny girl? Anyway, stay tuned and we'll be back shortly. diets is that they were designed for other people, not you. Sure, they might work for the short term, but for the longer term results, you need a plan designed specifically for your unique body and lifestyle. How about the stress in your life? Do you ever stop and take a deep breath? Do you know what all this stress is doing to your health? Healthy living strategist and author of Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed, Lisa Lutan will get you on your way with coaching, online courses and challenges, and even retreats. You will learn tips and strategies to help you calm down, get healthy, and make you feel and look better than ever. For a limited time, Lisa Lutan is offering a free 15-minute breakthrough session to help you get started feeling better right away. Just visit HealthyHappyAndHip.com to get your free 15-minute breakthrough strategy session. That's HealthyHappyAndHip. Yes, you heard it right. HealthyHappyAndHip.com and enter your info in the contact page. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. Feel like sending an email instead? Send it to Lisa at HealthyHappyAndHip.com. Now, back to Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed. Here again is Lisa Lutan. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. My next guest is Natalie Botros, the bon vivant girl. Natalie is a certified health coach and psychotherapist who teaches women how to lose weight and feel great without sacrificing their appetite and love for life. She was born in Lebanon, raised in Turkey, studied in Switzerland, played and worked in Italy before eventually landing in the United States. And Natalie just wrote a new book called, If You Are What You Eat, Should I Eat a Skinny Girl? I love that title. So fun. Natalie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lisa. I'm very happy to be here. Natalie, what did you have for breakfast today? 
uh, my coffee. I don't eat breakfast. <laughs> and I know that, you know, all the dietitians, they say you have to eat breakfast. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And I used to force myself to eat breakfast, which was opening my appetite for the whole day. So I said, why don't I listen to my body and eat when I'm hungry? So I stopped eating breakfast because I'm not hungry in the mornings. I think a lot of experts are saying that right now more than the breakfast thing. It keeps changing, doesn't it? Every time we think we know what it is, there's something new. Exactly. I mean, but everybody is different. For some people, breakfast is very important. For me, it's like I need to have my coffee and then I'm good to go. (laughs) Okay, cool. So what does it mean to be the bon vivant girl? Well, bon vivant means well living in French. And bon vivant girl is someone who enjoys every minute of her life. Every morning when I wake up, I make sure to do something that I like. Something during my day, do something that gives me joy and happiness. And the bon vivant girl lifestyle is living your life to the fullest potential while taking care of yourself but being happy and healthy. And a lot of people think that being healthy, it's like not, you know, eating only vegetarian or working out all day long. No, healthy means happy. So bon vivant girl is being happy. So tell us about your book and tell us how you came up with that name. Well, <laughs> the book is, is actually the, the roadmap step-by-step to become a bon vivant girl, boy. I'm not going to say kid because I think the kids are, we have to take an example from the kids. The kids, for example, they enjoy every minute of their life. They go to school, they complain about it, but afterwards they have like their play date, they, you know, all their life. Us adults, we go to work and then when fin- we finish work, we don't have time, we don't give time to ourselves. We're always in a rush. So this book started from me struggling with my weight loss and becoming uh, obsessed about it. And years after year, no, months after months, I tried all the diets on the market and I said, you know what, there's something wrong with my life. And I started to look at the weight loss in a holistic way. The holistic way meaning my primary food, it's not the food that I put on my plate. My pri- primary food, it's my relationships. It's like who I am, how I feel, my happiness. And then I started to work on my secondary food. And this book, it's explaining you how to love and accept your body and then how to start cleaning your house, going, buying grocery, eating. It, it really helps you all the way. It holds your hand and it motivates you. And the title... I think losing weight shouldn't be boring and sad. It should be funny. So it's why I came out with this title, which is funny. And it gives the tone of the book because like you're going to laugh when you're going to read it. So how do we, you know, so many women, weight loss is, is so anything but funny. It's, you know, the source of all their worries and frustrations. And how can we turn it into something funny? Well, to start with, we all think that, you know, like the logic says, if I want to lose weight, I have to eat less and exercise more. So why most of us cannot make it happen? Because like it's not only the food. Uh, the problem is not only the food. The problem is, as I said, it's like us. If we are not happy and we do all the right diets, all the right exercises, you know, we, we eat the exact right thing, we won't lose weight. Because like we have to start with ourselves and be happy with ourselves, accept ourselves. And my trick in the book, it's like one of my favorite tricks, is like to stand in front of the mirror and look at ourselves naked and 
try to find something positive about it. When we find that thing positive, you know, every day you have to do this. At the beginning, it's hard. And then, like, it can, it can be your shoulder, it can be your knees, it can be anything of your body. And slowly, you will accept your body and accept the situation. And you can go forward and start losing, start taking care of the food part, the second part. And for that, I think, you know, we always hear in the media from friends, this diet for work for this, for that. I think we should stop listening to other people. There is something called bio-individuality. It means there are no diet fits all. Each person is unique. We're different people in anatomy, molecules, lifestyle even, in physical work or, you know, like with everything, we're different. So the diet of my friend can be my poison. It's why uh, what I advise people is before starting all this, being happy and then keeping a food journal. The food journal is, I want you to log in everything you put in your mouth. And it can be even like the, the, the little slice of cheese while you're cooking. And then whenever you log in, I want you to put the time, how you feel, why you're, you're eating this, because like it was just there, you were hungry, you were bored, you were depressed. Once that you fill up this journal for a week, you log in, look at it, and then you'll see what are you doing wrong. And it doesn't mean that you're not, you're eating too much. It, maybe you're eating something that makes you not be able to lose weight. So I want you to be your own nutritionist. Yeah, but so what I hear all the time from people is like, oh, yeah, I know why I'm doing it, but I can't stop. Well, it's why I'm asking to put the emotions and then to see why you don't stop. You know, for example, uh, why you're eating this chocolate uh, instead of, uh, I don't know, a healthy snack. It's like always the problem. And what I advise for that point is instead of cutting, the Bon Vivant Girl lifestyle, it's not about restriction or cutting anything. So you, let's say you're addicted to chocolate and you have to have your cake every day. So don't cut the cake, but before eating the cake, eat a fruit or two fruits and then eat the cake. With time, you will see that the cake won't be that appealing because like the, the fruits will fulfill your need of sugar it's I, I don't want you to cut but i want you to increase and prioritize the good and healthy food in your diet so what you're saying let me just make sure i'm hearing right in before you eat the sweet eat fruit for example i mean like before eating your sneaker bar you know like the the those mars or whatever twitter the, the all those um, sneaker bars Instead of, for example, eating them, yes, eat some fruit. And then if you're still craving sugar, eat your, your Snicker bar. And I know that, I know by experience that with time, you won't really need that Snicker bar. You'll be done. And what about with like bread and pasta and all those types of food? What would you recommend people do for that? Well, for example, for pasta, uh, we, we all love pasta. There are always healthy ways of eating pasta. Pasta is great, but at the end of the day, when we eat pasta, we, we like it, not the pasta in itself, we like the sauce on top of it, right? So mm-hmm. why don't you replace the pasta with zucchini noodles? Or now that they're selling all these vegetable pastas, really vegetable pastas, with a lot of fiber, so it's the same taste, and then you use your sauce. And for the right. bread, for example... Uh, I'm I'm experiencing with all those little breads, and my favorite is the cauliflower bread. While it while you prepare, it stinks cauliflower. Let's be honest. But once it's cooked, 
you don't feel the difference when you eat it. And I sometimes add some chia seeds in it. So it's like it's very good and it's, it's, it's really delicious. Do you have a good recipe for the cauliflower bread? Don't a lot of them use a ton of cheese in there? I don't put a lot. I cheat. I never put a lot. And then, like, by the way, it's a gluten-free recipe. Yes, it's, it's very simple. Put one cauliflower in your processor until it comes like rice and then add the condiments that you want. I put generally oregano, so it kind of reminds me of a pizza base, you know, salt, mm-hmm. pepper, and I put some chili flakes. I put a little bit of uh, cheese. I really don't put a lot. And I put one egg. And then ah. you, you mix it with your hand. And then what I do, it's like I put a, a, um, a tray from the oven. I put it, I lay it down, you know, like very flat. And I put it in the, in the preheated oven. And what do you cook it at? Because I know people are listening. They want to know. Like 350? <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I, I mean, like my oven is tricky. You know, every oven is, is tricky. I, I do it, uh, I preheat at 400. Mm-hmm. And how do you know when it's done? Like, does it get crispy? Um, it takes time because what happens as it has a lot of water, first the water comes out. I mean, if you cook it a lot, a lot, it will get crispy. But I keep it like for half an hour and then what I do, I take it out, I cut it into slices and I turn it and I put it back in. So, and then when it comes out, it's crispy. Of course. Yum. (laughs) Yeah. If you wanted to have it fluffy, don't do very thin. I prefer like very thin, like paper. There it's really crispy. Oh, I'm going to make that today. I'm so excited. You know, I see a million recipes for that, and I'm like, ah, there's so much cheese, there's so much this, but I love this. And you said you put chia in sometimes too? Chia seeds, exactly. Because like chia seeds, they're good, and they they, they do a good bowel, you know, they help yeah, they you help. to go to the bathroom and everything, so it's yeah. good. And it gives awesome. it crunchiness. Oh, I'm so, so excited. So, Natalie, I, I understand you were... You were or you still are a psychotherapist. Now, how has that played into your whole philosophy around weight loss and health and all that? Well, you're always a psychotherapist. I'm not practicing it, but I'm still am because I'm I'm analyzing my friends and everything. I'm analyzing myself every day, I guess, for like everyone. So what it really helped me in my book and in my new Bon Vivant Girls philosophy was, you know, when we say to kids, don't eat something or don't touch this. They will go and touch it. And I right. think the word diet, it's like it's, it has a negative connotation. It's restriction. And so when we say I'm on a diet, right away we're hungry. So why don't we don't say diet? We stop saying diet and we start saying a lifestyle. And that's like very important. And the whole philosophy that I have, it's all about telling you to not be restrict yourself. Also, another point, um, you know, um, the Kubler-Ross five stages of grief. Yeah. I don't know if you're, you, you know those. Of course, it's, of course. It's like denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. I mean, we can go yep. through the first four, one, four stages in different orders until we reach the acceptance. So I think when we gain weight... We have to go through those to accept ourselves and our body. And this is something that I learned in, in psychotherapy. And I know that we can use it on several things. But with weight, we should really, really use it. And go through our stages until we accept ourselves to be able to move forward. Interesting. So we need to accept ourselves as we are before we start a weight loss journey. Exactly. And I know Got people it. are going to say, if I accept myself, why I should lose weight? 
No. Right. It's like you accept who you are today. It doesn't mean that you cannot be better. It's like just accept who you are today. So be proud of yourself and say, okay, I'm ready. This is my, my beginning of a new lifestyle, healthy and happy lifestyle. You know, I love that you're bringing this up, Natalie, because I think that, you know, when we do think about diet, it, it we really do go into this horrible, negative, self-loathing place, right? I suck. I'm, I look like hell. And if we can, it's so counterintuitive, but if we can go at it through love. And I don't know if you heard our guests before, we were talking about adding play, adding sensuality, you know, and pleasure, bringing all the good stuff in so that we're not craving all this Exactly. Stuff, right? Right. I mean, Natalie, how can people, how can people learn more about you and your book? Um, they can go to my website, thebonvivantgirl.com and they can find me on all social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and they can find my book on Amazon.com. It's a, you can find it on paperback version or Kindle version. And they can read about my biography and follow me as an author. Because soon I'm going to have another book coming out. You are? What is it? It's going to be about traveling and eating when we travel. <laughs> Great. Oh, how wonderful. I know that we all need that one. Well, Natalie, this time flew so fast, but I am I so happy that we got to chat. And I want to thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. Oh, such a pleasure. And thank you, listeners. It's been a great week. Come visit me at healthyhappyandhip.com. I'd love to hear from you. What did you like about the show? What would you like to see on future shows? Or just come by and say hi. And you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram, all Healthy, Happy, and Hip. So have a wonderful week, and I will be back soon. Thanks so much. you've enjoyed today's episode on busy stressed and food obsessed did you get some great ideas from today's show join lisa lutan again next thursday at 9 a.m pacific time and 12 noon eastern time on the voice america health and wellness channel have a great week again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america health and wellness channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericahealth.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network it's staff and management.